Good morning. So last week, I wasn't sure what I was going to do this week. Because I had a, a message last week on suffering, and I went back and I watched it, the message again. I saw myself listen. I hate, how many like listening to yourself speak? It's hard, but I listened to the message and I realized, you know what, I did a pretty good job of talking about suffering. And yesterday, as I was uh, trying to get things around and trying to figure out where I was going today, uh, I believe the Lord kind of shifted gears on me a little bit. So, um, hopefully that's okay. So today we're going to talk a little bit about getting in rhythm with God. You know, God has a rhythm. Look around us. Look around the universe. Everything is in rhythm. In fact, if it wasn't, we'd be crashing into some other planet, or even worse, the sun. Right? Right? But God has a rhythm, and he put everything in its place. Everything is decent and in order. Amen? Amen. If you don't know this, I've been in a, a master's program for almost three years now. Um, and it's, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a, a really good exercise for me. And uh, hopefully you've seen a few improvements in my abilities, but... One of my uh, focuses has been theology. And not just, my degree is actually Pentecostal theology with an emphasis in leadership. And you'll hear lots more about this as we move ahead here. But what I want you to understand today is, is the idea of theology, and it's not anything that's uh, super exciting other than it is the, say this with me, it is the, Study of God. How many study God? Some of you raised your hand. When we study together, when we study theology together, it leads us into a deeper relationship with our Lord. You think that's what He wants? Our Heavenly Father wants you and me to enter into a daily rhythm with Him. And that's not as easy as it sounds, although it should be. It should be easy. But we make it difficult. We allow all of the outside influences to interfere with what he's trying to do. I don't know if, if today if, how far I'm going to get with this, but what I did want to say, though, is as you try to establish a rhythm with God. And some of you, are, I think, are pretty good at this already. A few of you. Not all of us. But that rhythm includes conversation. Some of you have never heard the voice of the Lord. And when you do hear this, when you hear His voice, you're going to know it. You might look behind you, as I did the first time I heard Him. And I've said this before, but... It, First time I heard the Lord's voice, I walked into Mount Hope Church in Lansing on West St. Joe. My wife and I had just become born again, and we didn't know what church was really like. We'd been in several at that point, three to be exact at that point, realizing that none of them were a good fit for us. 
And when we walked into Mount Hope Church, into the, the lobby or the foyer, foyer, however you say that, I heard that voice say, welcome home, Norm. And I literally looked behind me. <laughs> Who said that? And it, it hit me. That was God. He spoke to me. I'm telling you what, as a new believer, that'll charge your batteries. When you realize, God just spoke to me. He wants that kind of relationship. Not only does He want a conversation where we're speaking to Him, but He also wants us to listen. Thank you. It's very important that we listen. And He reveals Himself in, in spirit, of course. He reveals Himself through His Word. And He reveals Himself through His creation. We're going to look at that just a little bit today. The Psalms are filled with the signs of God. How many know that? Every time I read it, I, I just get, I think, man, this guy is so eloquent. I wish I could write like that. I probably could if I put my, my head to it. Um, how about the wonders of the, the night sky? Anybody ever just stop, pause, look up? Lately, you probably just see dark, but when it's not overcast, though, what do you see? Isn't it a... We're almost at that point where... Uh, well, I've, I've seen it come and go already, but the, the North, North... What do they call that? The, what's the official name? Aurora Borealis. Thank you. Woo! Man, I just had a mind block again. The Aurora Borealis. And I remember one night my wife and I ran around... Gaylord, uh, trying to get outside the city limit so we could see it. And we drove for about an hour before we finally found a good spot on a hill just off of a little field, and there it was. Just, and it's kind of a greenish color. Uh, at least that's what we saw, uh, assuming it's not just from old age. <laughs> but it was beautiful, it was breathtaking. And I think God did that. You know, we, we give it, we give the credit to nature. Nature gets it all the time. Why does nature get the credit? Nature didn't create the aurora borealis. God did. Think about that just for a minute. And the psalmist, the writers in Psalm knew this. Psalm 8, 3 and 4 says this. And again, I'm reading from the NLT today. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, whoo, that's all it takes. Do you realize that? God just goes, whoop, <laughs> whoop. You try that, see what happens. You see, you're not God, right? The moon, the stars that you set into place, He did that for us. What are people that you should think about, the mere mortals that you should even care for them? Wow. Good pondering, isn't it? Have you ever looked around and observed a beautiful sunset, a dark, overcast? I, I think some of the most beautiful things I've seen are when those storms roll in. And you see it, especially if you're near water. It just does something, and, and you're just looking up going, is it the apocalypse? 
Because don't they, they? They look like, you know, heaven's just going to all of a sudden, and then when the sun comes through it, you know it, man. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. You know, you're, you're saying a real quick prayer, hoping you're ready. No, I'm just kidding about that part. Hopefully you know you're already ready. I think one of the most touching things that I've ever observed is the relationship between a mom and her baby. Ah, you know, sometimes you just see these things and you just go, wow, God did that. God set everything in place so that people wouldn't doubt his existence. The Apostle Paul made this clear. I've got a lot of scriptures today. In Romans 1.20, and I know you've heard this, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see what? His invisible qualities. His eternal power and His divine nature. What's that last sentence say? They have no excuse for not knowing God. There are a lot of people that fit into this category. The incredible natural beauty of everything around us is intended to get humans to recognize that God exists. One of my favorite TV shows, or my favorite TV shows, are those that go into the deep blue sea. How many ever watched some of those? The creatures that we see on those programs, they, they, some of them glow. Some of them have their own little light. Others are just so, they look like something out of a sci-fi movie. And I decided I wanted to put a couple up for you. Like the jellyfish. And I've given credit to those whose names were with the photos. Isn't that beautiful? I like the one that's upside down. That'd be me. <laughs> this one's awesome. Now, I've never seen a starfish this color. But who made that? And then finally... You see thousands and thousands and thousands of those on those coral reefs. We try giving credit to nature. Those who produce the shows always give the credit to nature. It evolved billions and billions of years ago. God created them. How in the world does something evolve that's just beautiful and insanely complex? Insanely complex. Ah. That takes the glory away from God when we do that. Psalm 145.10, another psalm that talks about this. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. I'm going to get into this a little bit this morning that this is what we're supposed to be doing. We started it when we began the service. We lifted up our praises. Why? Because we are so thankful for what God has done for us. 
for what Jesus did when he hung himself on that cross and he took our place. As we study the world around us, we need to give credit where credit is due, and that due goes to God. And when we do that, we get into a natural rhythm with him. Everything that he created is a part of himself. Now, when I say this, I'm not talking about a starfish is God, but God is in everything, just like he's in us. He created it. It was his creation to begin with. He gave everything life. So naturally, he's in it. You get what I'm saying? Now, do we worship those things? No. That would be silly. We give him the praise and the glory for what he designed, for what he made. And he made those things for us to enjoy. When we get into this rhythm with him, we eventually begin to think like him. And here's the thing. When you think like him, it's much easier to understand his heart. I used to have a really difficult time getting around people. And then I got to know him. And I began to understand how he welcomed me. How he loves me unconditionally. And as a as I started to recognize that, as that became a part of who I am, then I, be able, I began to be able to share that same unconditional love with other people. And I was a lot less judgmental. That doesn't mean I don't judge, because I still do. My bad. I mean, some things we're supposed to judge. But I'm just talking about seeing somebody right straight out the gate, and you go, huh. You know what I mean? Or somebody that walks in brand new into our church and they, they look up here and they go, oh, look at that flashy pe- preacher. They don't know me. <laughs> if you know me, you know that ain't true. Just because I threw a suit on today or a suit jacket. Once we understand his heart, we can also understand what makes him happy. Do you know God is happy yes and he's happy because of the things you and i do where's jeff oh he's trying to run out of here go ahead brother i can see you got to go literally sorry didn't mean to call you out in that moment brother jeff and i'm going to talk about him behind his back go ahead go (laughs) you don't want to hear what i'm saying i love him because He comes into this place wanting to make God happy. That's what we're supposed to do. Wow. And you will know what makes him happy if you begin to get into rhythm with him. Finally, you'll begin to see the world as he sees it. Again, we quickly judge people. Oh, they're not saved. They're the trash of the earth. (laughs) No, 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 no. You never hear God talk like that. They're still his kids. They just haven't figured it out yet. That's our job, church. To get to those people. What is the hope? Helping others prepare for eternity. 
H-O-P-E. That's our job. That's what you and I are supposed to be doing on this side of heaven. Helping people to discover the beauty and the wonder of God and the fact that He loved us so much He sent Jesus, His Son, to redeem us from our sins. And that just means He paid the price. Hallelujah. I read a book in uh, the, a while back uh, as part of my study, and it was called Sacred, Rith- Sacred Rhythms. Everybody say that. Sacred Rhythms. It just sort of rolls off your tongue. In the book, Sacred Rhythms, by Ruth Haley Barton. Oops. All right, can you guys move it to my next slide, please? Thank you very much. There we go. Ruth Haley Barton shared that the title of this book came from her observing the natural wonders of God. She sat down one day and she looked out and she watched the ocean waves as they ebbed and they flowed. Have any of you had that opportunity? You, did you even go to the ocean? Oh, shame on you. You went all the way to Florida. By the way, it's great having you back. But I always wonder how you make it back without getting a tan. Mary, did you get out at all? A little bit, all right, all right. Just a little bit. You don't look quite as pasty as the rest of us. Except for Clarence. He's got the the natural tan going. We love you, brother. In her book, she said, this natural rhythm is available to those that God created in His image. That's you and me. Point to your neighbor and say, that's you and me. Huh? We enter that ebb and flow with the Lord when we desire and enter into intimacy with Him. Now that word, intimacy, is, it's a little scary for some of us. Because we've been wronged. God is safe. And when you dedicate yourself to an intimacy with Him, you will never have to wonder or worry, is He going to stab me in the back? Is He going to hate me tomorrow? Is He going to leave me? That's not the God you serve. So don't let your human relationships that have gone awry interfere with your intimacy with the Lord. Can I get a good amen? Sadly, many ignore that God even exists and they reject establishing that relationship. Go back to the Garden of Eden. Remember that? What did the Lord do daily? He walked with Adam and Eve His children. He had that relationship with them. The desire he had for that first couple never ended. What happened was sin reared its ugly head. And that relationship changed between us and God. Now the Lord, He still wants to walk with us daily. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Yes, sin happened, but... Jesus came. And Jesus has made right what was wrong. 
And if you enter into that relationship with Jesus, and you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and make you a person of righteousness, He will. And you, just like me back in 1981, you will become born again. And then the rest is up to you. That's where you establish that intimacy, that daily walking out your life from here until heaven. How many are ready for heaven? God wants us. And and you sang it. I think you even said it when you did your little prayer up here. You talked about the presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. The presence of God. There's something about experiencing Him. He made you and me. He made human beings. In, in uh, Genesis 1:26, he said, we are creating man in our image, in the image of God. The Imago Dei. I, I have used that term before. And he wants us to feel his presence. He didn't give us feelings for nothing. There are some in the Christian realm that say, ah, don't rely on your feelings. Hogwash. He made us to feel. It's a a beautiful part of who we are as human beings. It's what we do with those feelings that makes it right or wrong. And when you feel the presence of God, there's nothing better. I have been in moments of my life, and I I, I would like to say it's always, but it will be when we get to heaven, where God has given me just a little glimpse of heaven, a little touch of His presence. We couldn't take it if He just jumped on us. We would just melt. But we we can taste a little bit of Him through his presence. And I've been in those moments where the the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. And yes, it was usually in a time of prayer and sometimes fasting. God honors that, by the way. He honors the diligent at heart. Those who are earnestly seeking after him, he blesses you when you go after him with your heart. If God is just a cliche in your book, you probably won't experience this. But if you get real with God and you challenge yourself to take what what I'm talking about here, to get into a rhythm with God, you will experience what I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, there's no better place than to feel Him cover you. And you're just like, oh, I don't ever want this to stop but it has to because we ain't there yet but when we get there it's going to be every day for eternity hallelujah i gotta get a drink hallelujah God wants us to feel His presence wherever we are. Whether we're walking, working, running, or about to go to sleep. And I was going to say in our sleep, some of you may dream dreams. 
where he's present with you. Later in her book, Barton uses the apostles, the apostle Paul's analogy of uh, the butterfly. And I, I, I've shared this thing so many times. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing. That word changing is the word metamorphosis. By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That part about God transforming us, renewing our minds, that's what He does when we get in rhythm with Him. He changes us from a caterpillar into something beautiful like this. This is just an analogy. I'm not saying you're going to turn into a butterfly. But I think if, if you were to look at that worm that, that took place before this, that caterpillar with all those legs and antennae, antennae whatever, those things, you would probably say that that thing was, well, maybe you'd say it was beautiful, but most would say it's kind of ugly looking. And then this comes out of that pupa with the moth, it's the cocoon. And the, the beautiful difference between the two, I mean, you can see a little resemblance there of the, the worm and the body, but the rest of it. And what can it do now? The, the first version was grounded, right? Any of you who are pilots, Larry used to fly, I know your husband was a pilot and a mechanic, when you're on the ground, you feel like, ah, I just want to get up in the air, right? And you get up there, and, and I mean, I have a friend that's a pilot over in Traverse He's a pastor, too, but he's a pilot over in Traverse City, and he, he's always rubbing it in her face. You know, he takes these awesome videos, and now he's flying helicopters. I'm like, stop it! But he gets up above the crowd, up where the eagles can see. How many know it's a different perspective? If you've been on any jetliner, you know that. You get up in the air and everything, well, at first, it's pretty cool, and then you can't really see what you're looking at. It starts looking like a globe. But there's just something about the difference of being grounded and being in the air. You have a new view. Things are different. When you're a sinner, you're the caterpillar, you're grounded. When you become born again, God miraculously changes you from the inside out. That metamorphosis takes place and you become a spiritual man or woman of God. And you start to rise above all the negativity. And you see things different. You, you have a new perspective as a result of this relationship with Him. Something that others don't have. And they won't understand it if you try to explain it. They'll be looking at you going, hmm? The Bible says they're blinded. Satan has blinded them to God's wonders and to His glory. And they'll never change until they're at that place where they're ready to receive Christ. But you and I are already there. So we got to get this in our spirit. This is what God wants to do with you. 
Are you still a caterpillar or are you turning into a butterfly? Ask your neighbor that right now. Come on. There is a problem with all of this. The problem is you and I cannot transform ourselves. That's good news, though, because if we tried, we would mess it up. You humans know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Been there, done that, right? Tried it. What can we do, or what we can do, I should say, is create the conditions, and again, this is Ruth Barton's idea, we can create the conditions in which spiritual transformation can occur. How many can say amen? amen. Change your atmosphere. Hello? We do that by developing and maintaining a rhythm of spiritual practices that keep you and me open and available to God. You still tracking with me? Here's one question that Ruth said we all need to ask. We need to ask this on a fairly frequent basis. Do we want a relationship with our God bad enough to do something about it? Do we want a relationship with our God bad enough to do something about it? I'm going to give you homework. So as you ponder that, as you meditate on that, was it the, hill, the Beverly Hillbillies? Remember that? Jethro. He did a lot of pondering. His character was dumber than a, the, a box of rocks, but he did a lot of pondering. I want you to ponder this. Not because not you're dumber than a box of rocks. I'd be wasting my time if you were, so I'm, I'm believing that you're better than that, Okay. Sorry. Yeah, some days. Do you want a relationship with God bad enough to do something about it? When, when we walk out of this room today, out of this atmosphere, you at home, when you turn off the programming today, I don't want this idea to go away. I want it to just start. I want you to ponder this, to meditate on it, to think about it. Not just this morning, but for the rest of your life. The life we have on this side of heaven. Because I believe God can work with us when we do that. When, when, we, when we begin to think about what it means to have God in our life everywhere around us. It can be a little overwhelming, but it's also a beautiful thing because that means He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants to have that relationship with me. He wants to be intimate with us. So we do this by studying who He is. That theology thing I talked about when I started. When we study God, we begin to recognize what He's doing in our lives. Do you know He gave us the book? He communicated with us through His spoken word. And it's still there for you and me today. You need to let God in. Some of you have 
barred the door to your heart. You've locked it and you've thrown away the key. You've got to let God into your heart, into your world. Spoiler alert, He's already there. You just haven't realized it yet, if that's you. All right, sharing real quickly, Ephesians 1. And I, this is, this is the weird part. I spent half the day yesterday studying Ephesians 1 and 2 and 3. And then I ended up just sharing this little bit from right here. That's how God works sometimes, in my life anyway. Verse 12, God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. So, Paul's saying, their purpose was to bring what? Glory and praise to God. Say that again. Glory and praise to God. And now you Gentiles. What is a Gentile? A non-Jew is the simplest way to define it. So if you don't know that, if you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile. Okay? Everybody got that. That means everybody else besides the Jew. And now you Gentiles, Paul's saying this to us, have also heard the truth, right? The good news that God saves you. Ooh. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own. How many can get excited about that? By giving you the Holy Spirit. So how do you get the Holy Spirit? What did it say? When you believed in Christ. Step one, believe. Step two, filled with the Holy Spirit. When He promised, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is, what's that word? God's what? Guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised. What was the inheritance He promised? Life and life to the full. Someday, my friends, you are going to be transformed into a glorious new body. I believe we're still going to recognize each other, but we're going to be in a supernatural state at that point. But until then, we're still anchored down by the extra 30 pounds we're carrying around our waist and a few other things. Well, not you. That's just me. He did this so we would praise and glorify His holy name. Say that last sentence with me. He did this so we would praise and glorify His name. Are you starting to catch what I'm saying here today? To get in a rhythm with God, you and I need to begin to praise and glorify his name. Part of getting into this rhythm is to understand we were made to bring him praise and glory. Very important that you get this. And I'll, I already said it. I already, I already mentioned, oops, I already mentioned this. Oops, let's go back. Oh, I missed one. I don't know where it went. Okay, maybe it's after that. Is there a first step? Maybe there it is. Place your trust in God 
and invite the Holy Spirit to become part of your daily rhythm. That's the second part. All right? That's the daily rhythm part. So how many are with me? Might have to have you come back to that Hebrews 4.16 in a little bit. You guys who are running that back there. So first, or second, we do that. We learn to live in and for Him by doing this. By spending time learning His ways and gaining understanding of who He is and how He sees us. When you begin to understand what God thinks of you, it changes your life. Even those of us who have experienced some pretty hard life lessons where people didn't treat us well, God's God's not like that. God treats you fairly every time. And when God loves you, you're going to know it. Amen? If you love someone, you want to spend time with them. Right? What does that mean? Spend time with God. Since you cannot see God, you need to understand how He communicates with you. I talked a little bit about that already. You can hear God through your Bible, through the words in your Bible. God speaks through the Word, doesn't He? And he also speaks to you when you study. He speaks to you when you bring him praise, which is what we're made for. We can also give thanks for his love. How many are thankful God loves you? When you feel it, and when you don't feel it. You know, you don't always feel it. But what does the scripture say? That God loves you. Is it going to change in five minutes? No. You're His. You're His child. You're His son. You're His daughter. That doesn't change. Ephesians 3, 18. Is it going to go there? I don't know where I'm at. There we go. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. Put this one on your calendar, on your, on your refrigerator, somewhere evident, in your, on your mirror, so you see it in the morning. Understand how deep God's love is for you. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. I was talking about that a little bit earlier. If God were just to download all of his love on you, you would just go, Pfft. you couldn't handle it. <laughs> until we're in our glorified bodies. Then we're going to be able to handle it. You'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Can I get a good amen? Amen. So what this means is, if you're having a funky day, how many have funky days? Probably more in the winter than in the summer. Some of you are there. You are cooped up in your house. I'm thankful you're able to come to church. You don't kill somebody. You can get out. You can can get over that cabin fever for a little bit. This might not sound normal or logical, but when you find yourself in a funk, find something to thank God for. It could be something stupid. Thank you that I have Q-tips.
What did he say? Do I don't even want to know. <laughs> Save that for later. It can be anything. Thank you, Lord, that my bunions aren't hurting today. Whatever. You'll figure it out. But here's the thing. When you begin thanking him for something, whatever it was that was causing the funk will lift. I've done this. I know it works. Believe in the Holy Scriptures and what they say about you. This is a great place to add. Memorize them. Understand the promises that He's given you and me. And say them out loud. Don't just read them. Say it, say it with me. Say them out loud. There's something about hearing. Not just seeing, but hearing and seeing and speaking. That does something. All right. We learn to live in Him by acknowledging His supernatural strength and power working in us. You know, the Holy Spirit is always with you. You may not realize it, but He's there to help you overcome the hostile forces in this world. Even if that hostile force is yourself. Because sometimes we're our worst enemy. We're never alone. And this is Hebrews 4.16. Is that, can you put that one up? Let us come boldly to the throne. I love this. Because of Jesus. Say that. Because of Jesus. Come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Oof. You can always go to God. You're never going to get there and, and see closed. You know that neon sign, closed. Come back in 30 minutes. Out to lunch. Uh-uh. He's always there. And the next one, Hebrews 13.5. And then I should be able to take it over from there. I don't know how I messed that up. Should be there. There we go. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. For God said, there's a little more to that, but I didn't want to read the whole thing. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Would you read that with me? I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. God said that. Can you hang on to that? When you, when you find yourself in that place where it just seems like everything is against you. This is what you need to realize. I'm not alone. That's a tactic of the devil. He is telling me I'm alone, but the Bible says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, read that last part, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Come on. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Another way that we can learn to live with Him and bring praise and glory to His name is by acknowledging those special moments that He gives us. I'm a firm believer that nothing happens by chance. 
When you need a pick-me-up, the Lord ensures that you get one. Sometimes the Lord gives us things we didn't even ask for. And you feel this deep down in your spirit. Have you ever felt that tingle inside? And you knew the Lord was smiling on you? And your, your insides, they just have a way to do this. The Bible says that even the rocks will cry out if you don't. But your spirit, and, and I put this up in caps, your spirit saying, God, you are so amazing. So awesome. You just feel it. Those special moments. And, and I've heard of people that were driving down the road and the spirit just came on them so strong. And they drove like a quarter mile or a half a mile with their eyes closed. And then they realized, I'm driving! <laughs> I think the angels were probably there guiding your car. Dummy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't recommend that, though. We bring praise and glory to God, and I'm almost there, by serving those in need. You know, this is what Jesus did every single day of his life. Once he started his ministry, everything he did was for others. We're called to serve. If you are my disciple, you're not going to be the first. You're going to be the last. We take the gifts God's given us, our talents, and we use them to minister to other people. The poor, the orphans, the widows, the outcasts. Just like Jesus did when he walked this earth. God created us, you and me, to give of ourselves, not to be stingy and selfish with what we have. Please get this. You want to give praise and glory to God? Give of yourself. Serve others. And then finally, we bring praise and glory to God by not presuming that we can live this life on our own strength. There are too many people, and, and some call themselves Christians, who still think they've got it. They've got control. Now they may say, I've given my life to the Lord. But their actions don't show that they're still hanging on they're still controlling they're unwilling to give up control of their life we all desperately need the holy spirit's guidance his comfort and strength if we think we're going to get to the finish line we've got to have god's help god wants to help us get there right i shared this last week but it's a good one. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And then finally, Isaiah 64, 8. And yet, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. 
We all are formed by your hand. And what I'm saying to you today, as a person who loves God and wants to get into a, a rhythm with him, what I'm saying is place yourself in the potter's hand. Let him change you. Would you stand with me? What this whole message today is talking about is if you really believe God saved you, you need to give Him the praise and the glory. You got anybody coming up? It would be nice if, if someone would. Thank you. We're here not only to give God the praise and the glory, but we give Him the praise and the glory by sharing the good news that He's shared with us. Somebody shared with us. And we do that until the ends of the earth. That, that's the final, you realize that that's, that's the culmination of everything coming to pass. Before Jesus comes back, he said, everyone on earth will hear. Let me tell you what, <laughs> we are close. I just saw this yesterday. They have a little solar Bible a solar Bible. How cool is that? And it's a little device about this big, and it's in a whole bunch of different languages. I'm sure that each one is in a specific language, but otherwise it'd be too much. But it's a little recorder, and it has a solar thing on top, so you put it out in the sun, it charges it, and then you can listen to the Bible in your language. How cool is that? We're getting creative, which is what we're supposed to do. We need to get the good news out to all people that God loves them just like He loves us. And He wants to ensure that they live forever with Him in heaven. And that only happens by God's grace. Hallelujah. Do you practice a daily rhythm with God? Put that last slide up, will you? Picture yourself sitting beside the ocean, hearing those waves flowing, ebbing and flowing. Now just picture that's God's heartbeat everything around us was made by him for us can you worship him with me for a moment lift your hands if you're able invite him to have his way with you today Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I want to be in rhythm with you. I want to be intimate with you. If there's something in the way, help me remove it. Change me. Change the way I think. Help me to be a righteous vessel. 
in your hands today. I place myself, the life you've given me, my spirit, my body, my soul, I place it into your hands. Mighty potter, awesome God, do with me as you will. Use me, Lord, as only you can. Help me to know your heartbeat, to feel your presence, to understand how you see the world. That's my prayer today. And I give you all that I am and all that I have. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Give him the glory and the praise. Hallelujah. Can you come up and sing that, that other song? I, I think it was, uh, man, I don't know. I like Chainbreaker, but I also like Raise a Hallelujah. Sarah, are you able? Yeah. Can we do that? Let's sing uh, Raise a Hallelujah. Because when you were singing that today, I thought, man, that sounds just like what I'm preaching today. Father, thank you again for everything you're doing in this church. Bless our families, Lord. Help us to share that good news that you've given us with others that need it most. Lord, today, keep us safe in our coming and in our going. And as we sing this last song, Lord, I pray that you, Lord, would be pleased, that you would be blessed. We love you. And we commit this church and the people of the hope into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.